You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Potato Files here on Never Sleeps Network. I am your host, Jeff Paul, human potato of comedy. That's what they call me. Uh, my guest today is a very, very, very funny man. Uh, he's a comedian. He's my ex-neighbor as of today. As of today. He's sitting right here. Paul Thompson, everyone make some noise for Paul Thompson. Yes. So happy to be here. I, I don't know if they ever actually make noise. Or Maybe I don't even do. know if anyone actually listens. But you know what? I'm in our my hearts. own little world here, baby. They We're are. We're doing great at Never Sleeps Network here, mm-hmm. The Potato Files. He mm-hmm. makes me say Never Sleeps Network four times throughout the show. That's a two more. Prerequisite? Yeah, yeah. So you've been, you've been moving all day, buddy. Yeah. I feel like my, my feet smell. I want to get that out of the way right away. And I... There's a, there's a foot smell going on. Cause I've been taking off my shoes since 10 a.m. and I've been working hard. I've been Aww. painting. I've been doing a lot of stuff. <laughs> moving, you know? I I enjoy moving. I uh, I'm I'm glad that I'm uh, I'm not doing it as often as I used to. Yeah. Um. Like it used to be like every year or two you'd be uh, oh, yeah. finding a new place. But now I'm like, my last place I was in five years. That was a long time. Yep. And then uh, and then this place I've been there for like three years. So I feel good. Yeah. Feel grounded. I'm sure the rug will be pulled out for me at any moment because that's what happens when you rent in you Toronto. Exactly. It's scary. You never know what you're going to get, man. Yeah. I bought a house, lived in it for 10 months, and then gave it away. That was it, eh? Yeah, it was that was That happens a lot, though, for sure. <laughs> um, so uh, let's talk about this house you're moving out of. It's down on Whitaker, right around the yep. corner from me. Mm-hmm. And uh, another comedian house. We've had a few of the 90 Tecumseh folk in here. Yeah. Um, this house is owned by the same uh, Armand. Armando, yes, the late yeah, great Armando. Their house is different than ours, right? What's the, so their house is ten seconds away from ours. Yeah, I guess I could say the address because ninety to come see. This, this airs ours is fifteen Whitaker. Okay, yeah, and uh, and Armando's kids are uh, picking out the bones now that Armando has died. Exactly. Are they gonna fix that thing up? You'd think he'd sell it as is. I don't know, cause I mean, well, you're not. They sold it as is for a big, expensive price, but. Um, do you want to guess how much our house sold for? Did we talk about that? No, we did not. Do you I'm, want to guess? I'm going to say 1.2 mil. Do you have a guess? Uh, 1.6 mil. It's Baba Jewy over there. It's 965. 965, but it had not been updated for... It is. There's holes everywhere. Yeah, the thing is about, like, they're going to have to... Is it a, a row house or is it a semi? Nope, it's connected on both sides. Both sides, so yeah. you can't just demolish it. And that's asking I don't price. Know. That's, no, what that's what it's what sold, it sold for. for. Oh, okay. it is sold. It's sold. Yeah, that's what it's sold for. Um, thing, with you went in and like you got to gut the place and you redid it, you could sell it for fucking two million dollars. You could, but the other thing is too, it's like. Like, we have, like, a bunch of dead squirrels and raccoons for sure in our attic. Like, yeah. you hear them all the time in the summer. And they they live up there. <laughs> for sure. They kind of get sluggish in the winter. And, and then... we see them. We see the hole. You can see the hole in the back of the house. Mm-hmm. And we just don't do anything about it. Why, why, why bother? So, like, they climb into this thing. But we were there for all of the showings. And I didn't see anybody go in that house for longer than 5, 10 minutes. So somebody came in that house and based on that was like, Good enough. Based on location. Because the thing, you have to... Right. Like, if you got shit living in the walls and stuff, you got to rip those walls but out. But whoever bought that house has no idea how much repairs they think. <laughs> they think that they're coming in there with 200Ks of repairs. They don't realize they have to gut that entire yeah, place. It's, it's insane what people will pay for a house in this neighborhood. In the, in in the, the city. It's fucked. Man. Well, I mean, it's just, it's business. If I that's know. your thing, then you're going to make guaranteed money off but of I, it. But I just don't understand, like... Um, I got like three fucking jobs. I couldn't get a mortgage in Toronto. Where's this fucking no. money coming it's from, crazy. man? They, something. They had something. It's, I have no idea. It's just nuts. And who were you living over there with? Ernie Vicente? I was living with Ernie Vicente, Sandro Verri, and uh, Morgan O'Shea. Ah. Did nice. Drew live with you guys at some point? No, but I did live with Drew in Kensington Market. Okay. I knew there was a you that. and Drew connection living together. Yeah. I never had the um, uh, comic house life. I, uh, it's pretty like, cool. When I started comedy, I had a roommate. He wasn't a comedian. And then I moved in with a girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when she fucked off, I went and got my own place and lived there for like five years alone. Mm-hmm. And living alone's really nice. I've never done that. It's, I, uh, I, I it don't was know. Like, I got to the point because I was pushing, I think I was like... 30 at this point mm-hmm. and uh i was like 
my girlfriend's moving out and I'm like, well, I could bring in a roommate and be able to make the rent. But then mm-hmm. I'm like, do I want to fucking bring somebody in or just go get my own thing? And yeah. And it was, uh, it was nice. To have you like course. it, eh? Yeah. It was, uh, and I was like right on Broadview and Danforth. It was very oh, central location. Yeah. Like you could, I could get wherever I was downtown in yeah. 10 minutes. And, uh, um, you had a crazy view. Yeah. It was a good place. Mm-hmm. And, uh, then my lovely wife came and swooped me down to this mm-hmm. wretched West. I'm actually a big fan of this neighborhood now. I, oh, it's, I love it. I remember when I first moved to this neighborhood though, the, just the difference of feeling of walking at night was just, yeah. it was like a, just a, oh, this isn't the East End anymore. Like I'm not walking down the Danforth. Danforth, you never had to worry about anything. Is that, so yeah, you think, cause I'm like, I don't know what to, I've never lived in the East End. So I'm like, is it going to be sketchier or less? No, sketchier? It's, it's less, nice, man, eh? dude. You'd like, I'd walk around the Danforth. You'd like see people, you know, you say hi, you smile. Right. Like you talk to strangers. It was yeah, a I'm kind of noticing like, that already. It was a weird, like little town in the city. That's exactly what people keep telling me. Yeah, it's like a small town in the city. Mm-hmm. I'm like, so I'm, I'm, I'm positive about the change. Where in the city have you, you all lived, though? So where have I lived? Yeah. All, oh, I mean, I started at Lakeshore and Kipling for a while, and I was in Etobicoke, and then, um, and then I would have moved to like Christie and DuPont, and then to Euclid and Harvard, and then up near Casa Loma, and then I moved to England. And then I came back and I moved again at Spadina and DuPont. That was the only time I didn't. How since many I'd different lived, places have you had in this city? I guess th- this is that was the only time that I didn't live with like comics. Mm-hmm. That's when I lived with a girl for like two years, and then after that I moved to uh, Kensington Market for a bit, and then to this house, and now I'm moving again. And you're an East Ender. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. You like the I like the East. Uh, it, it felt more grown up. I, I hope so. Um, but I don't know. It's uh, it's to each their own, I guess. We'll and, see, yeah. And the thing is, I've lived, uh, I've only lived in like a couple different places in Toronto, but mm-hmm. um, I've found something good in all of them. Like you just, yeah. fig- you figure out your neighborhood, you figure out what you like. And, 100%. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's not like you're going to be out there going, this fucking sucks. You're just, you're going to yeah. find something that you like doing in the hood and... Yeah. I don't know. But most of our time spent fucking downtown anyway, you know? Exactly. So that's the thing that I'll probably miss was at least this house was by far not the nicest house I've ever lived in. But it was, <laughs> but it was so, so close. <laughs> close and convenient. But it was like, because I don't think I've been in that house. No? Um, I've heard horror stories. Oh, I mean, we're not done with it yet. You're not done with it yet? We can go over there after this? Well, we're going to have a big... <laughs> party a big pa- oh i mean I that's like part of the reason why i was like not like i mean i could get your stuff the option out to move the, right uh, away yeah there's that and then too like when we emptied it like mm-hmm. yeah. have a crazy party what's that? a few more holes in that wall <laughs> well the thing is we've already had crazy we just had like a crazy party like two weeks ago Weird, but wasn't invited that's but cool. our rooms were like <laughs> our rooms are are full yeah to have a party like at the aperture that we want to have parties <laughs> and every ha- room in this house is empty this it's insane what's, what we're uh, about to do what's the deal over there like because i know the 90 to come see jared lives in the living room yeah uh, the uh, the, so the dining room's it. like a floating sort of yeah and going so i think sandro's room's supposed to be the living room and my room was supposed to be like a dining room mm-hmm. so there's joining doors between it okay <laughs> by and far the worst roommate situation i've ever had to deal with the worst thing about that house another reason why i'd be down to move it, it's a piece of paper between yeah. us yeah. you can hear debauchery at all times in the night it's <laughs> awful it's literally the worst thing ever i can, we, we've like almost ruined our friendship based on it it's insane how much so now those doors are open oh man i uh living with uh my one buddy kind of really soured our friendship like, yeah it didn't ruin it but it was uh it was not what it what was would be the when we why. moved in. We're like, yeah, let's go get this place together. And then I was sure. just like, like a month in, I'm like, I'm going to fucking kill this guy. Mm-hmm. But then the best, he got a, he got a girlfriend. Um, and for like three, four months straight, he spent one night a week at our place. That's and the I best. was like, this is the fucking greatest, man. It's the greatest. Yeah. He'd come home, do his laundry, fuck off again. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he just came home one day and he was just like, just sad. And he's like, we just broke up. And I was like, no. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. We got to get know. back together, man. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then our friendship went to shit again because yeah. I saw him every day. Sandro had a girlfriend for about a year living in this house. And wow. it's funny because it was like, I just really didn't like her. I didn't like her from the get-go, and I didn't like her at the end of it. 
And she, I just thought she was Are just, you vocal with that, though, with your friends? I was at first. But then, as I started realizing he's sleeping at her house five days out of the week, mm-hmm. I was like, you know, this goes great. <laughs> but then as he starts catching on, you know, she doesn't treat me that well. And, I, she, you know, I think she's going to break my heart. She has to break up with me. I'm like, ugh, it was such a limbo where I was just like, I don't want you to not stop sleeping at her house. I also want you to be happy. But in the end, I chose the right thing and just told him to, you know, stick it out. I had um, I had a, my, uh, my buddy who was the best man at my first wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, he was very vocal about how much he didn't like my wife yeah. to be. Um, he's like, hey, man, I think she's a piece of shit, but hey, if you're happy, right. have at it, whatever. And then, uh, and then when uh, we broke up, well, we, we were in a very like limbo for like, I think, four months. Mm-hmm. Um, I caught her cheating, and then it was like four months between me actually leaving. Right. Um, and I would get like late night calls from him wasted at two in the morning. And he's like, I just wanted to remind you, buddy, your wife's a whore. And then hang up the phone laughing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that's a good friend, you know? I've set like a new rule now where I'm like, I think you have a month window because I've been in situations with very close friends where like, and I knew, I knew this girl's not good for you. And I was right. I know this girl's not good for you. And it would almost tear our, like, friendship apart there was times where we wouldn't talk for two months because i just kept saying i don't like your girlfriend and it would almost tear us apart and in one of these situations you know the girl did end up cheating on the guy and i was right but regardless it wasn't good for our friendship (laughs) so now what i've realized i'm like you have a month window if you don't like somebody you say all that because if things do end up getting serious at least i can always lie and say even if i stick by my point it's never worth that if you're gonna do that i'm not the guy to tell you that so it's just better to get that out of the way in the first month and then just be like i mean i was wrong i didn't know her yet (laughs) even though i'm still like no my opinion still stands because otherwise it's like that's really awkward if you say something like that and now every time she's around he knows you don't like and there's this whole thing it's just not worth it Mm -hmm. i had uh, my roommate in college uh his girlfriend um I didn't like her, but I was fine with her. Uh, but um, my girlfriend, who became my wife at the mm-hmm. time, these two did not get along right. at all. It was just right. always just so awkward. Everyone hanging out mm-hmm. together. But, uh, you know, they're both out of our lives now, eh? So fuck them. Yeah, that's what All right, happens. let's start at the beginning, Polly. Where uh, where were you born? I was born in Edmonton, Alberta. You're uh, from Alberta, eh? I yeah. didn't know that. But... Did you, you grow up out there? I did not. The theme of my life is just correlating with today you've been moving around everywhere always always what's uh what's your folks do <laughs> my dad is a psychologist but he's a psychologist for the military oh he was. so you're that's an army brat that's the term yeah i don't know where it comes from i've never understood that um i don't know man it's a really weird one and whenever like people say that but when you talk I to just, other people i just found out uh that i was a latchkey kid Right, so that means your parents worked late, right? Um, it just means they weren't they weren't home when I'd get home from school. That's what it is. Um, yeah. so it was like you'd come home to uh, you'd yeah. be on your own for whatever. Right, right. So yeah, but actually, it wasn't. I wasn't on my own because my dad worked night, so he was <laughs> sleeping. Oh, okay. So he just wasn't. He wasn't. You don't disturb dad till five. So I guess I no wasn't kidding, a latchkey yeah. kid. I don't know what it was, but my dad would sleep. We'd get home and we'd be like, "Okay, dad, sleep, but let's." Do her own thing. <laughs> yeah, and then your mom got home yeah. when he went to work. Mm-hmm. Just... But yeah, my dad was not a psychologist. No, yeah. Not, not, not a psychologist sleep during the day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My dad drove a bread truck. Oh, Still yeah. does. Yeah, you told me that. Mm-hmm. You're, you and um, Kyle, Kyle Hickey's Hickey. dad have the same job, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I crazy, crazy little world. Yeah. So um, your parents, uh, they still together? Yep. All right. And mm-hmm. what's your mom doing? Well, dad's uh, army-based, army-based. So my mom was a nurse. For the army? Nope. But that's how they met. Um, she wasn't a nurse for the army. When they started having kids, I guess she st- stuck around, took care of us. And then after that, she never got back into nursing. She went into, like, teaching. She helped with special ed kids, did kindergarten and all okay. that stuff. And then my mom just recently retired, like, last year. Nice. How, you got young parents? old? I guess they're just retiring now? Yep. My dad is about to turn 60, and then my mom's, like, three years younger. Okay, cool. Yeah, and my so. dad is uh, 63. Oh, yeah. You got young parents, yeah. too. Yeah. Right? Well, I was 24, or my dad was 24 when I was born, but I was his third son. Really? Yeah, started at 19, was number one. <laughs> wow. My dad was 30 when he had me, but I was the second. Yeah, kid. he was educated. That's why. Yeah, you go. You get your education. You get a career. Yeah. You meet somebody. You don't just 
fuck some chick behind the high school, and now yeah. that's your wife for 19 years of misery. <laughs> I mean, times have changed, I guess. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> you know. I don't know what happened in that three-year age gap. Our <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what about uh, any religion growing up? Or No. No. But. I had this conversation recently, so it's like, I, uh, no, not really. I think one or two times they took us to Sunday school because my other family is like United Church. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always like had this thing, like, I remember, like, even when I was like five or six, I would always like pray and anything that was happening. I didn't understand it. I would always like be praying to God, like, heavy and like, just like, I wouldn't do this because, you know what I mean? God might this and all that. And none of that was ever told to me by my parents. I remember having a conversation with my parents when I was like 12, telling them how much I love God and all this stuff. And they were just kind of like looking at me. And I was saying that if anybody doesn't like, believe in God. Let's have a session, son. Well, I was saying, I was like, if anybody doesn't believe in God, that's a bad person and this and that. My parents were like, so if somebody that you love told you they don't believe in God, like you wouldn't like them anymore? And I was like, no. And then they just kind of were like laughing and like, okay. And I never understood that until like, I was like maybe 19. I rethought that conversation. I was like, oh. But like. After this, did you continue with um, this uh, mythical Not being like in the sky? Not that, like, but, like, still to this day, like, I find, especially in comedy, like, 98% of people are, like, yeah, like what you said, like, mythical being in the sky, where I'm, like, no, I don't go to church. I mean, I do go to church sometimes. But really? like, yeah, but like, I'm not like religious in that sense, but I'm like, I do connect with a spirituality for sure. But I, I'm like, yeah, I don't, I'm not devoted to any religion or anything like that, mm-hmm. but I definitely explore you that. You think there's a higher something. I do, but I'm, since doing a lot of acid in the past, like two, three years, <laughs> I've dropped that being a person. Mm-hmm. So, but I'm still more connected to the universe and I think there's truth in religion. I you know, I, I don't trash religion. I'm like, you know. Yeah, I don't know, man. I think it's just a... Everything's a big fucking fluke, you know? Yeah. Like, we, we, we were just lucky enough to be close enough to the sun that uh, we could form life, but not too close that we don't burn up and die. And then... And, and then that... Billions well, of years of... And that just, might happen soon. That Well, not soon, but in the next couple hundreds or thousands oh, it, of years, it'll yeah. be over, right? Yeah, and I don't think, like... I don't know, man. I don't think there's going to be like a a religious apocalypse, but I think there's going to be some sort of apocalypse. I think something's going to happen. Things are going to go really south. Yeah. uh, I don't know. People turn on each other. There'll be like fucking fights for food, fights for water, shit like that. Yeah. Something bad will happen. I almost thought like, like I watched Bird Box the other day. And it's like, that's like a post-apocalyptic movie, right? Mm -hmm. And like, I always think when I watch like apocalyptic movies, and then I'll walk back down, like, in this, like, area, right? You'll be walking, and, like, you're right downtown. And you'll notice it's, like, a lot of this stuff is, like, there's people screaming in the streets. <laughs> there's sirens everywhere. <laughs> there's people sleeping on the streets. Yeah. But it's just, like, you look at everybody else, and they're just kind of ignoring it. And I'm, yeah. like, I feel like if an apocalypse just starts to happen, it's really got to happen before <laughs> people just stop making memes about it. Yeah. Like, it seems like the apocalypse has happened for some. Um, it's just... We're waiting for the grocery stores to close to join them. Exactly. Like, <laughs> it's going to really, shit's going to have to hit the fan before people start freaking out. Mm-hmm. But no, I think, uh, I don't know, man. I think the way the world, the trajectory it's on, it's not going to last much longer. Like, mm-hmm. uh, the the population's out of control. The fucking oceans are fucked. Like, yeah. um, it's just, everything's bad right now. And we can't yeah. keep doing this. And nobody... Nobody's changing their way of life. Nobody's like, fuck no. you, man. This is how I live, you know? Yeah. Like you got um, half of America fucking still lined up for Big Macs every day, you know? Oh, totally. And it's just, yeah. uh, it's, it's fucked. And people are just at the point where, fuck it, I'm just going to ride it out. Yeah. I, yeah. It's like, I don't know. I don't know. They don't need know. to, like, uh, I don't know if, like, school curriculum teaches, like, even recycling should be a fucking. Right. Co- it should be a course. But that's for the school. These shit are. Like that. All little things. See, these are hard because it's like they're all things that protect the future generation. Mm-hmm. I think, to sound vain, I mean, just being truthful, it's like I would love to like lie and say like, yeah. And like I'm all about, you know, protecting the environment and all this stuff like that. But things that are protecting, you know, the generations ahead of us, I'm like, I feel like you kind of have to have kids to really understand that. Part of me is like, that's if I'm recycling to make sure the world's still around here in 200 years and I'm not around in 200 years, why do I really care? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I get it, man. Like, I, I'm, I'm pretty environmental, um, but I don't want kids, and I don't, I don't want kids right. because I see what's happening in the world. Right. And uh, it, it would just be weird. Like, if I don't know, man. 
if shit goes south and you then you got a kid, you're like, oh, well, sorry, kid. I fucking brought you into this shit, you know? Yeah, but I always have, like, disagreed with that in the sense where it's like if everybody takes that path of thinking, then we just have no humans anymore. Yeah, but there's always going to be people that don't. That yeah, but maybe procreate. not the right people. Have you seen Idiocracy? No. This old uh, Mike Judge movie. Like Mike Judge from... Uh, right, that made Beavis, Beavis and Butthead and King uh, of the Hill and stuff. Space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so... It's a movie about this guy gets frozen in time and uh-huh. he wakes up in the future. Uh, but it shows like at the beginning, it shows this educated couple mm-hmm. and they, they're like, oh, we're not ready for kids. It's like an interview. And then like a couple years later, they're like, oh, we're still not right. ready. But then on the other hand, it's showing this redneck who's just running around spreading his seed. Right. So then this guy wakes up like in a hundred years in the future and everyone right. is just stupid as hell. And he's now the smartest man in the world because we're just getting dumber and dumber and right. dumber. So. I mean, that's, there's truth to that. People too. are always going to fuck. Yeah. I think, I think, like, why aren't there licenses on having kids? Like, there's a license for, I, yeah. I need a license to fish mm-hmm. in a fucking river outside my cottage, but I can't, or I, I because can just the fucking only bring way a child to, into this fucking world all willy nilly. I've heard that brought up, but I'm like, the only way to realistically implement that system is you'd have to bring abortion in. Yeah, you're like, hey, you, you can't have that. So then that's uh, that's gonna <laughs> like never. That's a disaster to try and argue that point. That is cr- <laughs> like that would be Stalin level stuff in North America <laughs> to say that there's a license. And it's like I'm not against like perhaps there should be a license. People aren't ready to have kids, but if there's they're a not, lot of people who aren't ready to have kids. Maybe you work adoption into it, but then it's like, then does that mean that now there's this? like surplus of kids who don't have parents because they'll be waiting for adoption. You know? <laughs> who knows? That's man. actually the way the system could work. So what happens? They okay, take your kid. They take your kid. <laughs> they check. So you raise the kid and then they take the kid. If you can't, if you don't qualify for a yeah. license, if you don't seem like a fit parent, this system actually When do they work. tell them they're, they're not going to get their kid when it's... When the kid's delivered. When the kid, oh, oh, by the way, I, otherwise, you didn't pass the test. Mm-hmm. <laughs> otherwise, they're going to go crazy. Say they're gonna, bye-bye now. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, they're going to be like, why have I not been drinking for eight months? I'm a lunatic. And they're just going to miscarry the kid. So make them think that they're going to have the kid. This system does work, right? Then when the kid's born, you say, actually, you guys didn't qualify for your parenting license. You take take the kid for adoption two options can happen either the kid gets adopted or because once you've held your baby and it's that beautiful moment that everybody talks about they're like we can recheck in in six months and maybe that's what makes people be like no my baby and they take it away yeah. and then after six months people they get do, their shit together. they get their shit together and then they get to take their kid buddy we, we should rule the country that system kind of seems like it works <laughs> if anything a pretty good movie <laughs> you know anything we could just sell some babies yeah <laughs> Why not? <laughs> oh, too funny. Were you a good student growing up? No. No? But I, I'm smart, like, but just didn't like doing stuff. So if I liked something, I was a really good student. Mm-hmm. But uh, I got in trouble a lot, a lot, and um, just yeah. didn't pay attention, really. I guess moving around a lot, it's hard to, uh, I don't know, readjust every time you get to a new school. Yeah. Or, so you're not going to... Uh... I started school in Texas, so, like, this education system super different yeah i bet you know like my school was like only grades one to five was my first school and there was like 11 grade one classes 12 grade two classes like there's two thousand people in our school why uh why in texas your, your dad in the u.s forces he was so he was canadian military and he was just to do different things right because it was psychology and mm-hmm. uh when we went to texas we would work he worked with the air force okay in san antonio uh, so, so yeah, brought him down for a specialty, eh? Pretty much, yeah, for like three years, and then we went back. That's when we went to Ottawa after that. Yeah. Um. So, what, Edmonton, Texas, Ottawa. What else? Edmonton, is on, Winnipeg. What other pins you pushing? In? Oh yeah. Yeah, Edmonton, Winnipeg, and then Texas, and then Ottawa. How long in Winnipeg? Six years. Shit. Yeah. You ever go back to any of these places? You're, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You feel you feel a sense of home when you go. Absolutely. Really? You ever uh-huh. heard that uh, that song? Uh, what's that chick's name? She, uh, I've got no roots. It's about um, she's just singing about how she's just moving around. Like, yeah, moving around her whole Some life. Some people say that. I mean, th- with Edmonton too. Like I wondered because I didn't go to Edmonton until like two years ago. Since I was when I was born in Edmonton, I left after two months, so I didn't go after until like yeah, like two years ago. I always wondered if I would like. I always this. wondered if there was any color in Edmonton. Yeah. When you get there and every building's that same 
brown right like like i didn't know if i would have buildings everywhere like oh that's a nice skyline you got yeah (laughs) i do feel when i've gone there that like there's a like because i was born there maybe i have a home like feeling there but i know it's absolutely placebo effect i'm convincing my mind of that Mm -hmm. what do you feel most attached to then toronto toronto for sure that's where i've lived the longest about 12 years now yeah yeah. how old are you anyway 29 29? Mm-hmm. Jesus, you look 42. Yeah. <laughs> Drugs and alcohol. <laughs> uh, 29, so you came here when you were uh, 18? Yeah. 17? Right, right, right away. Now? Right out of high school. Yeah, 18. Right out of high yeah. school. Nice. Mm-hmm. Humber? Humber comedy program? Mm-hmm. So you're not a good student growing up. Uh, what about high school? Um, really? But I mean, like, I guess I was an okay student in elementary school. When I went to high school, the first semester I failed everything but gym (laughs) because at least in elementary school like I didn't want to do stuff but it just meant that they had to be on me more and when I did it I would do well but in high school they don't really do that Mm -hmm. so I just be like no one's checking our homework so I just won't do it and then all of a sudden the report cards come in and it's like you have 14% in every class (laughs) so I I failed like everything and I kind of managed to get it together I kept failing classes and I got suspended like 22 times when I was in high school and I got expelled once and a whole bunch of stuff for what fighting Drugs, uh, a alcohol. Whole, a whole, whole story. A whole, okay, whole we story. We got time here, buddy. What do you got for us? Ugh. You said ask you anything. It's a whole, whole... Okay. <laughs> Where do I begin? You really want to hear this story? I have. I, is... If you're getting suspended, I, uh, I want to so, know what's going on. I got suspended a lot of times. And basically, they were like, if I get suspended one more time, I'll be expelled, right? But the last time that I got suspended, it was for a big thing. And my vice principal, like... He was just a bad guy. He was in the CFL for like one shift <laughs> and for the rest of his life just hated everybody that was following their dreams, you know? So I uh, I was probably in grade 12 when this happened. And um, this is deep. I'm surprised I'm saying this. Oh, but it, yeah, buddy, so, it. okay. So Pedro I was, like, was talking about being in prison here. Come on, can you be yeah. prison? Well, I, yeah, okay, so... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how many details I'm, where do I start? Because I want to say it properly. I'm like, so yeah, so I guess I'm in grade 12. So the next time, so the vice principal, there's a lot of times where like, there was really sketchy stuff. Like I would, like I did do a lot of really, like never bad things. Like, you know, like maybe the worst thing I'd get into like a little fight or something, but I never got caught with drugs, nothing. Mm -hmm. It was always just like mischievous stuff, you know? I like, I had a friend that worked at the school radio station and like I snuck in when he wasn't there. I played porn over the (laughs) speakers. You know what I mean? Stuff like that I'd get suspended for. Hilarious stuff. Did a lot of stuff like that. Just being a punk, you know? So, um, they, you know, I was like definitely on hanging by a thread and, but there was certain times where he would like set stuff up that something would happen at the school that I truly had nothing to do with. And he would arrange it to make it look like it was me and I'd get suspended and I'd explain this and like, you know, my parents kind of believe me, but kind of just think I'm lying. But there was times where I'm like, truthfully, this guy's trying to set me up on something. Yeah. So there was a day uh, at school and I was with me and uh, my buddy and um, we were in drama class and all the people in our drama class, they're like, just super like, you know, stooshy nerds, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, my buddy was saying, he's like, if uh, he was gonna, he's going to pull his balls out, right? a bit we enjoyed and i'm <laughs> i won't you know i still do to this day but i'm just very careful Balls with, are very funny with when it happens you know what i mean but yeah i've done it in the past week of course but just you know in protected audiences now you know you can't that's not a public thing anymore there's been a few times it's happened on stage or whatever they asked for it but anyways he was like i'm gonna pull my balls out i'm gonna go talk to these girls um in the class you know he's 12 years ago but um, and he's like, just going to talk to them and then they're going to notice his balls are out and they're going to freak out. Hilarious. Like it doesn't really get funnier than that. One of the best <laughs> bits you could ever do. It, right. <laughs> so I have my cell phone, like a little flip cell phone. And I was like, I'm going to film it. And, uh, cause it's hilarious. I want to show more people. So he goes over, he does it. The girls freak out. I'm behind like the curtain. I'm filming it. Right. And when it's done, there's like an option to save or delete. Right. And I, to this day, it's like one of the strongest gut instincts I ever had that the second I looked down, I was like this, I felt this overwhelming gut instinct and I was like, delete that. (laughs) So I delete it. So now I go to gym class and I'm in gym class. And at the end of the gym class, we're in the change room and the vice principal's like, when you come out, come talk to me. And I'm like, oh, 
what is this? And I come out and he's like, I'm your first things first. You're not in trouble. And I'm like, sure, sure. And he's <laughs> like, you're not, you're not. And he just explains, he's like, we're doing a thing in the yearbook. I know a lot of people know who you are. We want to see what everybody's cell phone's like. And I'm like, absolutely not. And he's like, I just want to see your cell phone. I'm like, absolutely not. And we went back and forth. We did this whole thing. And I was like, <laughs> zero tolerance. I'm not doing that. Yeah. And eventually somebody else was like, can I see your cell phone? And I was like, you can. And it was somebody that like I trust. And I like took my cell phone out. And when it was out, not even out of my hand, he reached over, grabbed it out of my hand and literally looked at me word for word. And he's like, now I got you <laughs> and walked away. And I was ch chasing him to the office and people were holding me back. I'm like, what's happening? What's happening? What's happening? This, that, right? So now I'm sitting in the office and I'm like, I, I have to go back there. He stole my phone. I don't know what's happening. I know this, that, blah, blah, blah. And like, he'll come out, he'll come out, he'll figure it out. Now I'm sitting in the office for like 20 minutes. I'm freaking out. And as I'm sitting in the office, the police start coming in. And there's regular police officers that walk in and then a new set of police officers and on their vest, it says high tech unit. I'm like, oh man. <laughs> but then I think I deleted the video. Yeah. So why do I care? The only other thing on that phone is pictures of my cats. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I, I was certain about that. But then as I started thinking about it, I go, oh no. Then I realized that two days before that, I just saw the movie American History X. And it was like the best movie I'd ever seen. And I liked it so much that I set the background of my phone to the picture of Edward Norton after he just stomped the guy and he has a huge swastika <laughs> tattoo. And I'm like, oh my God. So now they're like examining me for this. So I'm like that. My buddy who did the balls thing, we found out this thing, it was like acorns or something like that, that if you take acorns and you grind it up and you mix it with something else, it has like a psychedelic-like effect. And we had a friend that tried it out and like would take these things and mix it with something else like this. I think it was like African Woodrow's and you would smoke <laughs> it and you would have this like acid trip for like two hours. My friend after that drama class was leaving to go try doing that. <laughs> so now I realize where's he? And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> He's out tripping balls. So they take me, they balls, isolate me balls. in another room. And now he comes in, this is after like two hours. And as he's walking down the hallway, he's like looking at me cause he's tripping balls. And he's like, hey, and gives me a look. And I look at him, I'm like, no, like, <laughs> no, not hey, like we're fucked. So they come in, they deal with this whole thing. And then I see him leave, his mom comes in, they take him away. And I'm like, still like, what's happening to me? Then they bring me in and uh, he's like, immediately I'm trying to argue my side. I'm trying to say this, I'm trying to say that. And he's like, uh, nope. He's like, right away, we're calling your dad. He literally has my dad on speed dial. This is how much. No joke. It's literally on speed dial, right? Speed dial is my dad. My dad picks up the phone and he goes, uh, your son exposed himself today to uh, female students, him and another guy. They've been doing this several times. They have a website that they've built with several videos of them doing this. There's no proof ever <laughs> of any video or anything like this saying all this stuff. Um, so now I'm gonna, I'm like looking at charges, right? I'm going to be like arrested on this stuff. The police, I get escorted by the police. C cool part. But like, so like, cause it's like during lunch. So I'm like leaving with like police escape, like escorting me. You know what I mean? Like I'm looking like a badass, but same way. I'm like getting put into a cop car. The second I'm in the <laughs> cop car, I'm like crying, like, please. But all that stuff happens and they're saying all this. And my dad's like, no, that can't be. So I leave. So I'm expelled. Right. And then after seven days, I don't know how many details I can go into. This is sketchy, but whatever. We'll just go. I told you it's a long story. <laughs> That's all right. So after seven days, we have to go back into the school, right? And uh, my dad, again, I don't know if I should be saying, but it's like whatever. It's 12 years ago and it's fine. It's not Statute even Statute of limitations. Way yeah. over. <laughs> my, dad's, uh, my dad, like I said, psychologist from the military, started working with the RCMP occasionally too, right? So when I'm in there, they have to bring a police officer. We're signing papers just to confirm that not only am I now expelled, I'm banned from every school in Ontario. Jeez. My life's over, right? <laughs> so we're in there and the vice principal's leaving to go get the copies, like the paper or whatever. He's only gonna leave the room for like a minute. And when he leaves the room, my dad pulls like some badass shit. He was like, so you, why do you work for the Toronto police? This dad, he's like, why wouldn't you work for the RCMP? And the guy's like, uh, I mean, I don't know. I would, but it's just really hard to get jobs there. And my dad basically like flashes a business card. He's like, figure this out. And the guy's like, interesting. <laughs> that never ended up being able like to work out, but it was enough to make the guy go, and we also were like, do you, you've been listening to me talk. Do I seem like a crazy person? They're trying to say I'm insane. I'm going to have to do this, right? So he comes in and he's like, okay, actually, maybe like, let's give this kid another chance. So now if he's not co-signing on the papers, I can't officially be banned or expelled. They need the police to like, because yeah. it's a serious matter. 
So they go, well, now you're going to have to go get like tested and go for a full psychological assessment to realize that you're not crazy and stuff. My dad's right here. He'll take care of this. But my dad's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no problem. No problem. No problem. So my dad's like, I'm going to take you. We're going to go. And I remember going to that building. and It was like creaky old stairs going upstairs. And I remember my parents had to be there because I wasn't 18 yet. And I remember getting so deep in questions and stuff that may have bothered me and things that I've gone through in my life. And like, we have to do four hour sessions every day that I remember one time my mom crying and she's like, he's a good kid. I swear to God, like just stuff that like to this day just shreds my heart that I had to go through this. We go through that and they're like, no, he's a normal guy. If anything, you know, he's a bit creative, but like, he's not like, he's mm -hmm. not at a risk. And then, uh, and then I get back into the school and like that seems all to be fine. And then I'm working as a, as like a host at a restaurant later on. And uh, I'm like cleaning up a table and I see the police officer and he's there and he's with his two younger sons. I start talking to him and he's saying, my sons want jobs. And my boss was adamant that like, we are not hiring for the past two months. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what jobs do they want to do? And he's like, well, he's 15. He's never had a job before. I'm like, he'd be a dishwasher. He's like, yeah. And he's like, how about him? I'm like, will he work in, as a kitchen? I was like, yeah. And I went and I had to beg this guy. <laughs> and it wasn't even important at this point, but it was just like, I owe yeah, this guy, yeah, yeah. you know? And he goes, all right, it's on you. Hired both these guys. I walked back out. I was like, I got them both jobs. And like to this day, even like it hasn't happened really in the past five years, but I would pass that guy and we would talk and like, He'd follow me and see, oh, yeah, you know, you're doing well and stuff like that. Yeah, there's other details, you know, that might have been left out. But essentially, yeah, that's why I got expelled for the short time. And, uh, yeah, you know, it kind of worked out. Also, oh. while this was happening, I had my own TV show. So I was like. What was your TV show? <laughs> so, like, that's the main way that I graduated high school. <laughs> like, I wouldn't have graduated high school. Like, I wasn't getting normal credits and stuff like that. But then when I was in, like, grade I guess late grade 10, started grade 11, I started making this like video series about like, you know, like a Degrassi type thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just wanted to do it and like it would get played for the school. I just wanted to like act and have these videos made. And it just started catching wave and then like CTV's like, well, like, let's do it. We'll play it. And I essentially just like started this as a business. I got to travel around. I went to like Vegas and like there was like, it was a central watching in classrooms. Like I made these educational videos and oh, I was shit. the producer and director and all this. So I'm on like the news. Like I'm like, if I go to the mall, people are recognizing me. Nice. So I'm like dealing with like all of this stuff. <laughs> Meanwhile, like, you know, Dalton McGinty's writing me letters <laughs> to recommend me as like the arts person <laughs> of Ontario, you know? It's like literally like the most accolades and the worst things that ever happened that's, when I'm like 18 years old. Like that's fucked. It's a pretty weird time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You crushing some puss in high school or what? No, not really. Yeah. No, no. Like... Getting lots of blowjobs and stuff, <laughs> but not smashing. Because, and that's where, like, that's one of the things I would look back on. Because, like I said, like, I've just always been a weird guy with stuff like that. Like, I, uh, mm -hmm. like, you know, my family never told me to be into God, and yet I was into God, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, like, I also had a weird thing like that where I was just like, you know, the first time you have sex, it needs to be special. <laughs> so I didn't lose my virginity until I was 18. And the second I did, I was like, this doesn't need this to be... This is way better than blowjobs. <laughs> no, it wasn't even. I was just like, this. I should have just got this out of the way. Mm -hmm. You know? What was I waiting for? And, I, like, you know, I was like, I had so many opportunities that I should have just done that, you know? Mm -hmm. I remember the first time I had sex, and I'm, I've had other people tell me this too, that I was two minutes into it, and I was like, oh... The best part about this is going to be the story. <laughs> and there's been a few times when I'm in a relationship and I really like somebody that maybe just for us, I'm like, that was just, I just enjoyed that sex. And that was just a <laughs> wonderful thing. Other than that, most times having sex is like the best part about this is the story. <laughs> I think you got to have better sex. Yeah. But I mean, like, like if I'm like smashing a random girl, you gotta. You, that's for the you know, that's for the boys on Whitaker. Be it's like, for like, it's a story. It's for Sandra listening to that paper thin wall. It's, a, it's never just for me. Like, I'm like, I don't like, like, I don't like that whole thing. I don't know. You know, what was your last girlfriend? I guess like, um, maybe a year and a half ago. Yeah. Like you ever have a long term or? Yeah. 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 How long? Two and a half years. Okay. That's not bad. Yeah. That was the girl I moved to England with, and then we lived, we lived together. We lived together within, like, three months. It was the whole thing, and, yeah. yeah those, those very seldom work out. They do, but 
I like, I think that a lot of people go into those scenarios and then learn to like, they put up walls or they do this. And I'm like, if I find myself in that situation tomorrow and a girl's like, let's run away and it makes sense to me, you know what I mean? I'm like, I'll do that again. And yeah, if it hits the fan and it's a fireball, I'm like, you why come back. not? <laughs> yeah, you come back and you have another story. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's just a story. You do, I do it all for the stories. It, it all plays out story. on stage, baby. It really is, you know? <laughs> it's true. That's what I tell myself about... Uh, one time I went to the rub and tug. I'm like, it's for the stage. It's 110%. 110%. And anybody who's ever been to the rub and tug, I've yet to do it. And I have plan on doing it. I plan on doing it exclusively for the story. It's very odd. I don't experience. see myself enjoying that. The thing is, not. I had a joke that I'd taken from a couple of my buddies' uh, separate stories. Mm-hmm. And then I just formed a bit about right. it. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, then one night, me and uh, Jarrett Campbell were just like, we came out of this bar, and I'm like, that's a rub and tug right there. And he's like, how do you know? I go, I drink in the bar underneath it. Have right. you ever been? He's like, no. I go, let's give her a go. And like, yeah. the um, what happened was not nearly as fun or as funny as my story. So mm-hmm. my story is still a fake story on stage. Right. But, uh, but I have been to the rub and tug once. Yeah. And it wasn't a very good experience. It wouldn't be, but like, that's the best part about it. <laughs> Like, I mean, like, look, I enjoy sex if I really like a girl and we're in a relationship, I like it. But this whole, like, there's guys who just want to bang mad different girls. Yeah. And, you know, like, kind of, like, I have my my runs. Mm-hmm. But if I'm, like, just, like, a random girl that I met at a show and we drink and we talk for an hour and then she's, like, saying, like, yeah, like, let's go back or whatever. It's, like, like, I'm, like I don't mean to sound bad about that, but I'm, like, I know exclusively, at least this first night, like, that's probably for the story. I'm like, I'm, I see things always a mile away. Don't you find the first night is always the funnest night? Like, cause it's just, it's uncharted territory. It's just, yeah, you don't know what's going to come. No, because I know because, and this is probably a problem with me with girls. It's like, I would know right away when I look at a girl and I talk to her after 10 minutes, I'm like, could I be in a relationship with you? Mm -hmm. And if the answer is no, then it's probably difficult for me to have the one night stand. But I've started to learn to like occasionally have the one night stand. Mm -hmm. But that. Like I guess that part's fun, but you're such a romantic. I want to like the girl, so yeah. it's a real good story. But with for the, the girl boys. who I really like, <laughs> when I really like a girl, and I know that, like, okay, I really like this girl. That first night, it's it's not the most fun because I'm like, you know, I'm nervous mm-hmm. putting on a show. I'm on four <laughs> Viagras, you know what I mean? So it's better. <laughs> it's better once we've gotten relaxed, and now I can, you know, ease off the Viagra's and just drink pomegranate juice or something. <laughs> but, like, the system you got over there. Yeah, yeah. But with the one night stands, it's like I just, and I know there's guys who are, oh yeah, it's the best. You know, I just met this girl, and then we came back after the bar, and I'm like, that's just like to me, like just fake conversation and stuff. I'm like, it's a nightmare. Mm-hmm. It's a nightmare. If you're not an interesting person, like you might be a cute girl. Yeah, we can go. That first part's fine. But after I've ejaculated, like I can't, <laughs> that is one of the worst things in the world to me, having a conversation with somebody who I'm not interested. I can't be fake. Listen, you got to go now. I've come. And it's just like, oh my God. But I'm not a rude guy. I would never say that. So now we have to sit there talk about Rick and Morty or whatever fucking weird, simple, you know, I've thought that, like, she has. I, um, I guess like in my heyday, I was... Um, I guess I was like a bit of a hound, like where I was pursuing. Like yeah. Con- it was like a, it was a constant pursuit, you know, mm-hmm. you're like, gotta go out. Like we're going out, we're getting late tonight. Mm-hmm. That was the whole thing. But like, I don't know. I, well, I'm married now, so I don't have to have that mentality, yeah. but I, I look at people with that mentality. Like a very good friend of mine who I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. um, like, it's just I'm like, when's enough enough, you know? It's just a way of thinking. And like, I'm like... Yeah, my brain's just not wired in that way. But I'm like very like, you know, I don't like to gamble on certain things like that. So maybe it's like, I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I guess like, you know, I like to be calculated when I pull the trigger, you know, with anything. So, but that's why like I have now had my run and like in the past couple years and I like, I'm like, God bless Instagram and stuff like that, you know, <laughs> because like, I'm also not willing to just put in the work, but it's like, I'll go back and forth on Instagram till a girl's going to make it clear that like, look, yeah, here's girls... what I want to do. And you're like, perfect. Do you, do you slide or they, you let them, you wait for them slide. Oh, they the slide. Yeah. Oh they yeah. Slide. They slide. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know, man. I, I never, um, like, I guess I was single during the age of 
you know, internet dating and everything, but I mm-hmm. never used it. I never, like, yeah. I, I think I hooked up with a few girls like over Facebook. Right. Um, that, uh, but they were like girls I knew from my past. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've never, I don't know. I've never like gone on Tinder or anything. I, I, I my, have. Get my girls the old fashioned way, you know? I've never been on a Tinder or a Bumble date though. No? See that again. Like, it's like, that's where I'm like, you know, I'm too calculated with everything where I'm like, I've had Tinder and Bumble for the past three years. Mm-hmm. I swipe occasionally. Occasionally you match. Occasionally you have conversations and I'll get to the point where it's like, the girl's like, so when are we going to hang out? And then I just think, and I'm like, not worth it. <laughs> I think about the whole picture. I'm not like... I think it's like, I'm not like, uh, you know, like, I don't know what the word is, you know, like enough, like, just like, yeah, let's see where this goes. Mm-hmm. I'm t- predicting too much. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I would go on that Bumble date if I'm like, who knows? Let's see where this goes. But in my mind, I'm you like, don't I don't care th- about the adventure. You don't, you don't care where it's going to go. Yeah. I'm always, if you don't to... see it going where you want it to go. What's the fucking point? Or I'm mapping it out already in my head. And I'm like, so that means that I have to meet you. That means we're going to have to have <laughs> drinks. Then we're going to have to have drinks for like an hour and a half. We're going to have to do this. I don't know how that conversation is going to be. Chances are based on the conversation we've already had. It's not going to be very interesting. That's going to be torture to me. I can't just sit there and put up with it. Then we're going to have to go back to the house. Going back to the house is either going to be an cab which i have to pay for or a 30 minute walk which is equally a nightmare we're gonna bang that's okay cool and then what happens after and then what time do you leave like what is that i'm thinking about all of the other things besides that one little moment you know what i mean guys who smash a lot a lot a lot are just focused on that moment and not thinking about the disaster mm-hmm. around it and yeah. also have learned to enjoy the disaster around it because of the story and it's funny to I, them i uh i don't know I, I i don't even like really remember my crazy days um, right i remember like it, I, I found it exciting the pursuit was always exciting yeah um, and uh i don't know the end result it, it was kind of like hey we did it you know because it is a pursuit it's a game and like mm-hmm. that's all fucking dating is and yeah once you figure it out then you're like okay okay and it, mm-hmm. i don't know but I, i'm glad i'm out of that mm-hmm. and now i have a very loving wife at home yeah Hi, babe. She listens, so I gotta. Yeah, no, I would. I, ra- cool, I would rather you know? that. I mean, I'm never gonna like, yeah, shy away from that. You know, mm-hmm. you'd see I, yourself like marrying, having kids, all that. Yeah, stuff? I would like. That's why, like, I'm like not shy to admit that. Like, I would. Yeah, I would love to. Like, you know what I mean? I would mm-hmm. love that. I'm not. I'm also saying like I don't want that to ever get in the way of or cloud my thinking into like that's what I'm looking for. It's mm-hmm. a very dangerous place to be in. You know what I mean? So you know what? Right now, yeah, girls slide in my DMs. I'm a bit of a rock star and I smash. Yeah. But I would hope to find one of these girls and be like, hey, you know what? Actually, you know what I mean? Of course, I would well, want that thing, to like, moral. Um, I don't know. Like I when I before I met Kira, I was like I told you I had my own little place and mm-hmm. I was like I'm like well, I could just live here forever yeah it's rent controlled mm-hmm. i can afford it i'm like mm-hmm. you know i'm doing all right mm-hmm. and uh i'm like i would never have to leave here yeah and that's the mentality you have in your head and then you know you, you meet somebody and it's just like oh wait everything totally everything shifts and you're like okay yeah. let's let's try this way now yeah so i don't know it's good that you're uh, open-minded and yeah. not going to uh shut those things out which i was very like shut out i was like no no this is this mm-hmm. is the life I'm going to live now. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. It's- yeah, I did meet like somebody like that too. And that's where it was like, we broke off, I guess, like almost a year and a half, two years ago. And that was like perfect. Perfect in every sense, like a storybook, like the way that my mind works, what it would need and stuff like that. That ended and it's just like, yeah, it's been a disaster ever since. But whatever, you know what I mean? What are you going to do? You got to still trek along. Was but it like, like a, you've been through like a hard heartbreak then? That was brutal. Yeah, that was, that was a brutal one? heartbreak. I'm still, yeah, I'm still heartbroken about it. Mm-hmm. Still, for sure. I think I went, to, like I had, uh, oh, I was married. So that was a, it was a seven year total relationship. I was only married for two years. But mm-hmm. We were together seven years total. I think that was the biggest blow to the system. Yeah. Um, and then it took took a few years to fucking turn that around. Yeah. And, um, like, just coming out of a relationship and trying to fucking talk to a girl at a bar, you're just an mm-hmm. asshole. Yeah. And you're just like, well, we got to fuck or what? Why not? Totally, yeah. <laughs> it's it's weird. It's like, yeah. You would think, I, you'd think you'd be better because you're used to talking to a girl mm-hmm. every day in that context that you would kind of just be like... Yeah, but it's there's it's anger. not. Anger, yeah. resentment, fucking... Totally. Uh-huh. And it's, uh, I don't know. It's, all, it's yeah. all good now. Kira, don't leave me, please. Yeah. Please don't leave Paul. Tell her. But like, <laughs> she's not going anywhere. <laughs> but, but I don't know. I see the beauty in it, you know. 
there yeah it's like yeah it's still like you know but also too it's like because i dig into that too mm-hmm. i guess there's two different like schools of thought where i'm like i'm happy that i'm involved in arts in situations like this and it's like yeah i can go through heartbreaks and bad things can happen because i know that like that pain i can delve into the arts with yeah i think the other two options are naturally i think a lot of people just ignore it and don't address it and that's fine and i don't know what happens with that bottled up maybe it just disappears somehow or whatever if they don't vent it out and i think a lot of people just kill themselves you know (laughs) and and, uh, like have those thoughts yeah yeah i mean not any more i'm like for sure yeah like after the breakup or just no not after the breakup no like i mean that was a bad thing for me for sure like super depressed and that stuff would still happen um but now i'm just like i know too much that like you know like i had i had really deep conversation like really rough moments like dark moments like maybe five, six years ago and was just had really deep conversations with people who really knew what they were talking about that kind of just made like like my brain just erase ever thinking about suicide again. And it's like now I'm just kind of like things could get really, 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 really bad but just knowing that that's not an option. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? That's just the way I've trained my brain to work. You know what I mean? But there's times, you know what I mean, constantly that I'm like I literally want to die right now. You know what I mean? And I'm like that sad and upset but it's I'm like, well, came down what are you to, gonna do? You keep going on, you know. Glad you came down here to Bell. Let's talk. Eh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Work well, it out over. on the potato it's, files. It's over now, you know. <laughs> um, so you uh, you leave high school um, mm-hmm. under weird circumstances. Yeah, uh, you're right to Humber. Like, right to Humber. Did you, the comedy writing program, that one. Or? Yep. Yeah. Comedy and writing. Who, uh, who's in your class? Who are you coming up with? So what happens? This is the main reason why it was good that I went to Humber. I mean, Humber is just good to meet people. I go to Humber. Did you finish? No. no. Uh, like right right up to the end, and then they're doing their last thing. Just had an attitude, and they didn't like it and stuff like that, <laughs> and they're just like, you're gone. You know what I mean? You're like, okay, oh, They cool. told you to leave. Yeah. Oh, my. Um, so when I went to audition for Humber, I went, and it was some of the dorkiest kids in the world. That's the thing that sucks about comedy. And it kind of has a filter, but like some of the just dorkiest people, that's the word for it, are just gravitated to to comedy. And I'll never have a sympathy for that or anything like that. Like I'll never learn. You know, he's an all right guy. I'm sure he is. I'm sure he's he's a good guy. They're just like, oh, you know? But there's just some of the dorkiest, like two things I'll always remember about that audition day was Joe Flaherty was one of the people that was like our like judge or whatever. And he, when he walked in the room, some girl started going like this, like praising him. Like, what do you, what do you mean? You're pra- like, really? Like, what do you mean? What are you doing right now? What are you up to? Really weird. Big, big happy Gilmore. Fan. Like, re- that's exactly it, you know? <laughs> and then I remember one other guy was just like, I overheard his conversation in front of me. And he was like, everyone was quiet. And he looked at the guy beside him and he was like, so you uh, see any good movies lately? And I was like, where am I? This is brutal. This is brutal. And everybody was weird, and we went in for these auditions, and then they're like, hey, you have to pair up, and uh, Chris was there, Chris Robinson. Oh, nice. And me and him, I'm like, hey, let's be together in the scene. And we were in the scene, and we were just killing it, like, doing really good or whatever. But we were, like, acted really cool about it. We were like, yeah, good scene, man. Yeah, good scene. (laughs) But then, like, all summer, I just kept thinking about that. I was like, man, I hope I get into that school, and I hope that guy's there, and me and him can make skits together. (laughs) And, like, he told me he was, like, thinking the same thing. Oh, that's nice, eh? Yeah, Humber rolled around, and, like, the first class, we were both in the same class. And both, like, trying to play it off, like, cool and stuff. We've (laughs) since told each other like that, but we're like, yeah, man, oh, yeah, we should hang out and stuff like that. Yeah, you want to be best friends type thing? It's, like, literally within, like, two weeks, me and him are, like, best friends. And, like, yeah, so Chris was in my class. Um, Everybody else really just, like, kind of, there was people that were in our class, but they dropped out early. Like, DeBonis was in my class. He was in my year. Mm -hmm. Eric Andrews was in my year. And then, yeah. You made some lasting friendships. But there's lasting. I mean, I met Chris. Me and Chris are extremely close, you know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. it's like, that's why I'm I'm happy. Tell me to answer my messages about coming to the potato files here on Never Sleeps. Yeah, I don't know if he's like a podcast guy like that. Some people don't know. He said yes, and then he just doesn't respond. Exactly. Whatever. I'm not chasing him. Yeah. Fuck. Never. But I hear that a lot, actually. People are always like, you should People got their own shit, man. Yeah, exactly. He's got a fucking kid. I, I don't kid. expect him to come down here and fucking exactly. pay for parking and God knows what else, yeah. you know? Like, go live your life. I don't care. If you want to come down, you come down. Yeah, exactly. See, you came down all the way from the East End. I know. It was supposed to be a 30-second walk. But that wasn't the Probably point. Probably should have got gone last week. Yeah. Whatever. Doesn't matter. But this is going to come out on... Um, Monday. 
Monday, right? The 11th. The 11th. Monday the 11th. Baba Jewy knows all. He runs Never Sleeps Network. That's four, baby. That's four. Is that four of them? Contractual obligation fulfilled. Nice. Um, We are going to wrap this up, uh, but if you want to uh, throw some plugs out for anything you got coming up. Yeah. Just not just, this uh, weekend, you know? Can I say our podcast? Your yeah, podcast, of course. Fuck, man. Okay, yes, yeah. please. So I've just started doing a podcast. I think we're like 12 episodes in. We record it live. Um, you getting crowds for that? Down at, you're at the yeah, corner, right? Yeah, so we have crowds for that. That's Tuesday nights at 10 p.m. at the corner. and um, Tuesdays? Yeah. Yep. Look, when I asked you to do my show, you said you can't because you have your podcast. My show's on Wednesday. What did you message me? Tuesday. No, I said I this bet week. You, you did. This week, I, I said. I bet you you did. No chance. Why I would I say it if it was Wednesday? Why would I say Tuesday? I've been running this show for four goddamn years. Well, I bet years. you you said Tuesday. Look at it. I'm going to look at it right now. The slowest phone in the world. Any chance to look at Oh, Tuesday too. I told you. Okay, I can do Wednesday. Uh, I, the position's been filled. <laughs> okay, on next week. Okay. Fuck, man. I uh, I I smoke a lot of weed. Yeah, no, I understand. Yeah. You, you like the weed, eh? Yeah. You're more of a... It, more I of a, smoke weed every day. Smoke weed every day. I don't like weed as much as, as I used to. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, I do. I smoke more weed than this that. This guy fucking him and Jared Campbell wrestling in my basement, and then all of a sudden there's a fucking bag of coke that, on the floor, but, and both look, of them like, not mine. <laughs> I know, but, well, first of all, it wasn't a bag of coke. It was an old bag of coke. Clearly, <laughs> clearly there was that in the pocket. But that's just because Marito was reaching into my pocket. I didn't know don't it was. Don't give that kid cocaine. I didn't know it was in there. I wouldn't. I didn't know it was in there. If I knew it was in there, you know what I mean? But I didn't know it was in there. But yeah, I I, I look like a big pothead, but I smoke but like that. But I get paranoid still yeah. hard, right? So I'm not like in love. You like to drink it too. I love drinking. I love drinking. Oh, yeah. But I meant, You're I drink it. Warm but, old Milwaukee ice right now. Right. But here's my <laughs> thing too, though. Like, I'm like, when I do something, it's pedal to the metal, right? So it's like, like you do this as well. I take every year September off. Um, I did uh, but last you do year. November. I did November. This year I did November, but then I did like ten extra days in October as well. Yeah, and I'll do that. And like when I do that, I'm like, then I go hard in that way. And I, and we're drinking a lot too. Like I'll like, I recently just didn't drink for two weeks and stuff. But when I drink, I'm like, I just yeah. I've been drinking like um, hard. I've been drinking like a shift worker lately. Uh, four days on, three days off. Yeah. Oh man, I just started working a day job, and I'm like, that system. I don't think it's working for me. Like, <laughs> what I've are you doing try- during the day? <sighs> Have you ever had to work a Joe job or what? Not for a while, but like just lately, I've been really good at like I'm not drinking usually like Monday through Friday, mm-hmm. and then when the weekend hits, like oh my god, like the last three weekends. I don't know. Having a time. I don't remember past 9 o'clock. You're young. You're 29 years old. You do whatever the fuck you want. Right? That's the thing, too. <laughs> I mean, I'm turning 30 soon in April. So over the next two months, like, <laughs> I'm not going to die. What but... year were you born in then? 1989. 1989. Yeah. It was 1980. I started that lovely decade. Yeah. Oh, what a time to be alive. <laughs> the 80s. Sure they were is, a ride. Baby. The 80s were a ride. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going uh, to go have a few drinks after this. Huh? And the po- our podcast is called the High on Trees Podcast. I High on Trees. That. And yeah, I'm sorry about that fucking Tuesday. I, I don't know what the hell I'm thinking. I'm f- so this Wednesday's book now. I can't even do this Wednesday. Well, do ne- you come next week, eh? To Dope and Mike Comedy every single Wednesday at the Underground Comedy Club. We used to smoke weed in there. Uh, <laughs> what a shame, eh? Yeah, what a shame. What, what, a what are you going to do, shame. eh? What are you going to do? It'll come back. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The pendulum always it's, swings. It's already swung back on mm-hmm. my nights, at least. Anyway, mm-hmm. we're not going to mention that. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, I'm glad you came down here. Yeah. I gotta, uh, I'm going to go eat some fucking chicken wings and drink some beer at the Wheat Sheaf. Fuck yeah. Are they our sponsor yet? Probably not. <laughs> One day. One day. <laughs> Why not? Ask them. Um, but yeah, I don't know. What do you got coming up? Just the podcast? The podcast. And then other than that. Let them know um, where to find you on the old social. Slide into I Paul want, Thompson's I, DMs, yeah, girls. Please. I want a better, I think I need a better Instagram because it's tough to say it, but my Instagram's Chuck underscore E underscore church. And I've looked, Chuck but there's e not church. even better options. I don't know what I can do. What about your name? There's, well, my oh, name yeah, is Paul Thompson. T- taken. That's pretty, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But Paul I don't know. Thompson that's comedy? what it is. That's long, eh? Yeah. And again, that's like so cheesy to do something like that. I'm I Jeff Paul to... comedy, motherfucker. Is it? Yeah, every yeah. single thing I have, like um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And that's my, great. My website. Um, 
I got something else. That's great to be sorted out like that. I don't know. But I always tell people to go to my Instagram because I'm always posting stories. I'm proud of my Instagram. On my email too. So everything's Jeff Ball Comedy. Nice. It's just a nice, it's easy. It's. I still the have same. the same email since I was 11 years old. I saw um, this guy, uh, Steve Barnes, good guy. He uh, used to run the Yuck Yucks in St. John mm-hmm. um, and uh, went under and now Cricket swooped in and uh, grabbed the room and yep. I guess hired him to uh, book it. Mm-hmm. And he posted something today, hey, looking for comics. And then he, he posted his Hotmail account. And I'm like, as a comic. I still have Hotmail. Yeah, but as a comic, I can't take a booking from somebody uh, from a Hotmail <laughs> Man. email. <laughs> I, there's sometimes where it's really embarrassing, but that's my <laughs> only email. And there's times where it's pretty funny for comedy. They're booking, send your emails. And that's yeah. where I'm like, this is hilarious. But there's times when it's like, what, you know, is, what is the email? It's got to be something stupid. Paul is on fire. At Paul is on com. fire at hotmail.com, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyone wants to email Paul some fan Please mail. Do, yeah. <laughs> Please send it to P.O. Box. Paul is on fire at hotmail.com. Still. That's still it. That's pretty ridiculous. Uh, too funny. All right. Well, yeah, I'm, we're getting a high sign from Baba Julie over here. Mm-hmm. Um, we got to wrap things up. Uh, I want to thank you for coming down, thank guys. You for Go check me. out Paul. Find him at Chuck underscore E underscore Church. Yeah. On the old Instagram. Ladies slide into his DMs. Please. And you know, you can find me every single Wednesday at the Underground Comedy Club, Dope and My Comedy, and Jeff Paul Comedy on all the socials. Oh, yeah. Thank you very much for listening, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye bye. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com. Hello to the five people still listening and mom. Thank you for listening to the Potato Files here on Never Sleeps Network. Now that you're done this, go check out another NSN podcast created right here in Toronto. Comedy and wrestling fans, check out Casey Corbin's wrestling podcast, Talkin' Wrestling, here on NeverSleepsNetwork.com. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.